Hello and welcome to Glitch Cube, we're a gaming podcast, and each week we take a deeper look into the art of video games. As always, I'm Christian. I'm Chris. And happy Halloween, everyone, all you ghouls and ghosts out there. <laughs> and I hope you guys are enjoying your Halloween. Uh, luckily, this is the last installment of Spooky Monk monk <laughs> month for us it's a little early here sorry sorry but we are going to be diving into some more amazing horror games this month we have talked about quite a few and we've gone or we've dived into some genres out there that you might not think about as much whenever we talk about horror video games in general we've gone over found footage horror games with your outlast and your blair witch style games uh we've touched on psychological horror games with detention and omari and some other great titles there as well and this week we are going to be talking about what horror games speak to us some of our favorite moments in horror and halloween style video games some of these might just be kind of fun right fun little games that remind us of halloween that we want to just enjoy this the time whenever you need a little bit of a break from a scary game but others are going to be the ones that really introduced us to the topic of horror in general maybe what got us excited about them and how we have seen the genre evolve and how it's evolved our interest in these games as well so yeah i know that we've talked a lot about horror games but i don't know if people really understand how much you enjoy some horror games because i feel like you are more of a horror fan uh than i am i get a little creeped out pretty fast and i need a break pretty oftenly <laughs> to be honest but yeah i mean watching gameplay i can do it all day but when i'm in it it's pretty intense but yeah <laughs> i feel like for me i like a lot of the more indie horror like uh rough around the edges i guess you could say because i don't know i just find like i feel like if a if a horror game is has a lower budget i feel like it's scarier just because it doesn't look super realistic because i feel like a lot of horror games that look realistic don't really scare me for some reason um they also don't hold up the test of time too i think that's a big issue yes um for me, I think back to, you know, two things that really stuck with me in horror games. Um, I've played quite a bit over time. I feel like I haven't, it's not my, like, number one genre. Like, I have a few friends that, you know, horror is <clears throat> their life. You know, like, they, that's all they play. For me, sorry, <clears throat> it's, it's fun. And I need breaks in between, even though, like, I can watch horror movies, like, all day. But um, with games, sometimes it's just a little too slow for me. Uh, but looking back, you know, I think one of the first instances where I've truly experienced, like, a game kind of freaking me out. And I think a lot of people who played this game kind of had the same experience. But uh, in Silent Hill 1 with the locker, mm. uh, kind of early on in the game, there's, like, this little locker that just keeps rattling, right? And you go up to it, and you're expecting, like, at least a crow or something to jump out at you, right? So you're, like, 
you're bracing for that sound. And I mean, it doesn't help that in the background you can hear these like gurgling sounds and like other like unreal sounds basically, right? So it has this atmosphere, um, let alone you can't see too far ahead of you so you don't know like what's going to pop out at you. And I mean, for the most part, that's that whole game, right? Like you don't know what's behind that fog. You don't know what's going to jump at you. And for me, that scares me more than you know, say layers of fear or something like more modern that you can see far away. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the locker thing really scared me because, you know, once it opens, you're like, oh my God, I'm going to die. But, you know, you don't. Uh, I think the first time I was really disturbed in the game, and, you know, I feel like with gaming in general, we haven't really seen that much of a disturbing genre compared to say, you know, film that has like, you know, you just go to like disturbing film iceberg, you know, and then you see like a whole list of just keep going down of like really, really nasty stuff with games. You don't really have that. I feel like there are some games that try to do that shock value, but You know, I would love to play a game that would almost be painfully, like, disturbing. Just, you know, because I like doing that with movies sometimes. I like being creeped out and being, like, unsettled, I guess. Um, I don't know why. It's just maybe because I'm always so mellow and relaxed. I like that random, like, uneasy feeling. And with games, you don't... Hmm? That would be re- that would be really difficult to do because of pacing, right? The yes, the big thing with horror games, I th- I find is it's really easy to get out of the horror and mm-hmm. to get out of the spook zone, right? Like if you get lost in a certain area, or if you just hang out in some area too long, it kind of loses it. And I've noticed some games too, like if you hang out too long, even the music might stop <laughs> in certain situations. Uh, yeah. It, like things stop spawning or it's just the same noise on repeat and you start remembering that noise. So it's really easy to break that horror chain. And I think that's why it's hard to make something on that level of like fully disturbing where you're constantly on edge because if the player doesn't move forward, then there goes all the tension that you've been creating. Like, you almost need it to be on rails completely if you want to keep that tension up as high as possible. Or at least have someone play the game without stopping. Like, really push them to do that. But as a designer, you can't sit behind the person playing the game and telling them, hey, keep going forward. Move, 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 right? Like, it, it, yeah. it's just, you can't do that, unfortunately. It's, I feel like the first time I kind of, I'll go to this first before I go back to my disturbing thing. But speaking on the on edge, I feel like I'm forgetting their name right now. Uh, the guys that did Until Dawn and the Dark Pictures Anthology. Uh, I can't believe I'm forgetting their name. But uh, it's early, you guys. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's early. Um, I feel like their pacing is almost perfect when it comes to this kind of stuff. And I mean, granted, these games feel more like films, like mm-hmm. interactive ones. You know, it Until Dawn was cool. I, to me, like as much as I enjoy playing the Dark Pictures anthology uh, with a friend, which mm-hmm. is a lot of fun. I'll admit, like, 
these games are so much better with another person just because you can goof around and have fun with it, right? You can make the story as crazy as you want. But Until Dawn has that timing, kind of, right? In certain situations, if you're too slow, you screw up. And I thought that was so cool. Like, it was such an interesting idea. And granted, you couldn't probably do that in a more lengthy game. Like, you Mm -hmm. could have segments where if you don't react or if you don't get to a certain checkpoint in a game at a certain time, you could lose out on, you know, certain bits of story, which I feel like other than that, we don't really see too often in games. I feel like there have been some games in the past that had that where there was like timing checkpoints, Mm -hmm. but it's not something we really see that often. And I mean, for the most part, people don't want to be rushed when they play games, right? They want to, play games to relax or to kind of explore. They don't want to have to feel like, oh, I have to rush through and miss all this beautiful environment. Like it's kind of hitting you with that double-edged sword where it's like, oh, I really want to explore and, you know, bask in what these creators made. But at the same time, I want to experience this story without missing out on anything. So I have to be fast. And it's a bummer because I love both sides of it. I'm a person that loves to explore nowadays. I want to be like enveloped in the environment. But at the same time, I want to make a quick, fast pace because then it just feels more realistic. And right. with like the dark picture games, like at least every choice you make for the most part is timed. So like it kind of feels like you're always on edge, even though there are those kind of quiet times in between scenes and events but i would love to see more games do that and i would love to see games with a more intricate timeline checkpoint system Hmm. where you know not just your actions and choices alter a story but the timing it takes for you to get to them that way it makes a game feel like it's playing with you or living with you rather than you playing just a game and i feel like that's probably very difficult to program and do. So I totally understand that. But at the same time, how cool would it be if you're not just playing the game, but the game is playing itself. Mm -hmm. And instead of the world in the game revolving around you and your choices, you and the game are revolving around a certain end goal. And I don't know. Like, I think this is super cool. I would love to see that. You know, it could be like any genre, game. honestly. Yeah. But, you know, I feel like that might be better. Like, it would be great in horror games. I feel like that almost would be better in, like, you know, an RPG or an action game. Like, it it would just be cool. You know, because yeah. like you said before, like, you could just stand around. The music goes out. You lose that fear. You know, you, mm-hmm. you spend too long on a segment. You lose interest. It's just like. You know, a horror movie. Yeah, some movies let a scene breathe, but that breathing is only for like a minute at most, right? Like, it's not right. like you're sitting there for five minutes while you're like eating your pizza in between yeah. sessions. Like, it'd be cool, like, if you were basically forced to stress out uh, playing a game. But, uh, you know, going back to a really disturbing scene for me, I think the Silent Hill 3 had a lot of really disturbing things for me. Um, 
I think especially because by the time it came out and I played it, I was a little bit older, so I understood it more. I think when I played Silent Hill 1, I was still a little young, where I didn't really get a lot of it until I got older. So when I played Silent Hill 3, it it just made more sense. And I think for a long time, I actually really liked 3 more than any other Silent Hill. Uh, it just felt freakier to me, right? Like, it felt more visually frightening and disturbing than 2, which was more psychological. Um, but, you know, there was the whole red light chase. And I think for me, there was this scene where you were in, like, um, the hospital. And there's a big mirror in there, right? And your character has a huge fear of mirrors. You're locked in there. And when you look at the mirror, like, you see a bloodied, screwed up version of yourself. And you notice that blood is starting to pour from the walls because the walls have turned into like this flesh, fleshy like substance, right? Mm. It's basically like the broom is breathing and living and the broom just starts filling up with blood and you have to be quick enough to get out of there. Otherwise you drown in this blood that was created from this, you know, fear of the mirror that's in front of you, basically facing your fear, but you end up drowning in it. it it to me that was like whoa this game's crazy back then and i mean <laughs> to me i still taken, think yeah. it's a really cool thing like if there's one thing in a game that i have not forgotten are the damn fleshy breathing walls in silent hill games like it's just to me that's something that just sticks in my mind no matter what it just lives rent free in my head compared to a lot of other games like it's just to me that's something that stuck with me and surprisingly, why don't movies do that? Like, I'm like, sitting there thinking, like, I don't really remember any movies that have, like, breathing walls. Like, it's just kind of like. Yeah. Cool idea. I don't it's, know. It's I feel interesting. Like, yeah. I feel like Silent Hill really did do some different things. And, um, but like, like, in our last week's episode, I'm really curious to see what happens in the future installments. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that stuff's messed me up my whole life ever since I played it. Yeah, th that aspect there with the Silent Hill games, it makes it really feel like the world is alive and changing around you and interacting with you, where I feel like what you mentioned with the active time, right, the having that aspect put into the a Silent Hill game would be really, really intense. And maybe not really introduce that to the player at first, like have that be something that is found out over over time in different playthroughs that if you get to a certain area, uh, you know, uh, within an hour, then something happens, maybe you're able to save somebody and they're not just a corpse there, or you get like a bit of dialogue or you see what happens to them, right? Like it, that could be pretty interesting. I know that that would be kind of difficult. And I've actually seen that in one game that kind of turned me off of the idea, but I never thought about it in more of a horror setting. And, uh, I was actually in Final Fantasy IX <laughs> the first time hmm. I was introduced to that whole time mechanic, and it's to get Steiner's ultimate weapon. You actually have to get to a boss that's pretty far in the game in like 20 hours, so that means you have to rush through the game in order for a chest to be available that has his weapon. And if you don't do it, then the chest isn't there. So it's not explained to you at all. You never know. Uh, it just was found out from various walkthroughs and people playing the game a lot. 
So that was a pretty crazy thing to figure out. And I, I don't know if that really works well for a JRPG, right? Like with something so story heavy and story driven. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think with a horror game, that would be really good because like you mentioned with the Until the Dawn games and it's um, super massive uh, games. Is the oh, yeah, yeah, super massive. They give you free time to kind of roam around a little bit, which is really important because that's creating that ebb and flow. But some players might hang out in that you know, flow state too long, right? Where there's that break in between all of the craziness that's happening and really take them out of it. Whereas if you put in this time mechanic and players are aware of it, like kind of just hint at it in the beginning of the game, maybe they won't linger in those parts too long where they want to try and get through those scenes as fast as possible because they know that there's a hidden timer going on and they might not they might miss out on some story beats. Now, you might not be able to make those incredibly important story beats. I don't think that they can really change the game too, too much. Like, there needs to be a good ending available for those who take their time, too. So I think that's where the difficulty would come in as far as designing that. But I think that would be a really interesting mechanic, regardless of the fact. All right, so... For me, <laughs> the horror games that like I, I do enjoy a good horror game. At first, I was terrified of them and I couldn't play them. And I think the first time I was actually introduced to a horror game was playing Resident Evil 2 at my godfather's house. And it was such an intense situation for me because I was really young playing this game. And I just the, the camera angles, everything like that, that just really added to the spook factor. The fact that you had control over your character, but you didn't have control, full control over what you were seeing. So that was really hard to deal with as well. Um, But that's a classic thing for Capcom and old Resident Evil games. Um, But there's one scene in particular in Resident Evil 2 that has stuck with me forever. And I think I talked about it last year on the Halloween stuff too, but it's the alligator scene in the sewer. (laughs) That thing really, really freaked me out because... It gave you the illusion of safety walking past that same like crossroads multiple, multiple times, just going back and forth. And then at one point, when you're walking past this hallway that you've gone through multiple times, a giant alligator just decides to jump out at you and get you. And then it ensues with the boss fight and everything like that. So that was a really like terrifying moment for me because I had no idea. I was fighting zombies. I didn't think that a gigantic alligator was going to come out after me. So that was pretty fun as far as uh, being introduced to the idea of jump scares, um, of expecting the unexpected in horror games, and never feel comfortable. Right, that that's kind of what it taught me right there. Uh, and then if we fast forward a bit, I, there was some other horror games that I played, but everything was going kind of action oriented. Uh, you know, playing like Resident Evil Four and things like that, or not Four, but Five. Well, Four did go actiony, and then Five definitely took it really, really far. But then I uh, remember playing Dead Space, and that was, you know, it's more of an action horror game, but it brought me back to what horror can be and how to elevate it a little bit more. And I, we don't like using the term elevated horror, but it's, you know, we are raising the bar a little bit with this one. And the fact that they got um, actual, like, cinematography, 
or they actually got filmmakers to come and help with the audio cues and figure that kind of stuff out. I thought was really fascinating. And it what drew me to the game whenever I heard that in an interview. And it's true, like the the sound settings in that game are just insane. Just right away from the first like first 10 minutes of the game, you can hear all the creaks of the ship and something kind of scuttling every once in a while. The quick visual cues when you turn a corner and you see a shadow move and make you just go a little bit crazy, right? And it's very reminiscent of Space Odyssey, which I absolutely love. It's one of my favorite movies. So, of course, I was sucked into that. I mean, it even had the monolith and everything like that. So, really enjoyed that experience with it. And, yeah, sure, you can fight back, but it never really felt like you were super, super powerful until about like halfway through. Then it became more of a run and gun versus a horror game, in my opinion. But I think the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway I took from Dead Space was the anti-gravity areas. So the points where there was no gravity and you're kind of floating around in like a free space area where maybe there was a puncture in the ship and you have to jump around there. But the audio was just you breathing and some muffled noises whenever you hit something. So, and I liked the aspect that you can move around in 3D space there. So there was no safe point. Like there wasn't just a hallway you can walk down and enemies are coming in front of you. This was enemies can jump at you from any angle, but you can't hear them until they're right on you. And that was pretty terrifying. That was a lot to deal with. So that kind of introduced me to the idea of atmospheric horror and just really enjoyed that aspect a lot because that was really really intense that was that was the first time I was introduced to a concept like that where like I've had th- games where they take away certain aspects like some movement some abilities things like that but to take away your hearing and your sight in a game that's kind of a lot to deal with, especially in a horror game like this. So that was really, really cool. And then I wanted more atmosphere games. I wanted more things like that. So I started playing games like Limbo, which is a great title. Absolutely love that game. Uh, it was, and of course, there's a lot of Limbo ripoffs of <laughs> after that game came out. A lot, right? But this was a really trippy puzzle game that on... At first, it doesn't feel like a horror game, but it's pretty creepy the more you go into it. Just the setting, the ways that you can die were pretty disturbing. Um, But it was a really great game to just kind of go through. A nice little, like, puzzle game there. And then we get Inside. Inside, I loved. I feel like Limbo was the framework and Inside was the actual game because <laughs> that game was so intense and so interesting and i love the ending of it but it's very similar of course it's the side scrolling game very dark very moody but the, this one had more inside finally had like a story that was going on and i like the fact that it wasn't like spoon fed to you you just mm-hmm. saw it in the background happening and then with the ending coming up the way it did, it just was so, yeah, I love that game. It, it's a great title to play through. And yeah, now I've kind of fallen in love with this whole side-scrolling horror stuff with like little nightmares. Like that game is 
adorable but terrifying <laughs> so it's kind of cool and then now looking at games like detention and stuff like that as well there's something to the side scroller that is i mean it's it's like you mentioned it's an indie game that you take away some aspects as far as money um budgets the ability to make fully rendered uh, like realistic graphics people have to get creative with what they have and I think that's where the most interesting things come with. Creativity breeds in um, lack of resources, honestly, because you have to really come up with a way to convey your message with the tools that you have. And it's it leads to some really interesting situations there. So, yeah, it's pretty fun. But that, that's kind of where I'm at currently with my horror uh, what I like. I like that atmospheric. I like that idea of kind of isolation-y stuff, right? Like very, very dark, but visually, artistically beautiful style of games because that's what keeps me into it. I agree. The atmospheric stuff um, is kind of what I'm into with horror. You know, I, to me, my favorite horror still is like that PlayStation 1 era just because I feel like it, it, created so many different ideas you know the action of resident evil the psychological sign hill you know the the other kinds of action you can do with horror elements um i'm kind of thinking of one called nightmare creatures uh that was a game i played when i was younger i really liked it uh, i won't go too much on it because i mean it's it's an action game with uh, gothic kind of horror elements to it, but it's cool. You know, you're fighting a satanic cult. The action is fast-paced as hell. Um, it feels cool, dude, kicking werewolf ass, like, <laughs> flying through things. You can break a lot of things, too, and there's a lot of stuff hidden, like glass. and it. It's a really cool game that I feel like not a lot of people ever talk about, which is sad because it's not a bad game. Like, it's... A really cool game that I wish they would bring back. Like it's, it's fun, and people I've talked to about it that have played it love it. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm like, there's so many good horror games from the past that no one really talks about or just gets lost in time, and it's sad. You know, going back to uh, how you said with like the the side scrollers. You know, like I'm actually playing through Little Nightmares right now, mm -hmm. and the problem is, is I try to get somewhere, I have to turn my system off, and then it's like, oh, you have to restart the checkpoint. I'm like, God damn it, I've been restarting this checkpoint like uh, constantly now. As something always comes up. That's rough. And I have to redo, or I fall off the, the steps, and then I have to start over, because for some reason, looking at the steps is very difficult in that game. But uh, yeah, the I really like the 3D world of it, it's, it's hard to platform in that one. Yeah, that that's my only gripe with that game. But the atmosphere, perfect. You know, I think about Inside. I definitely love Inside more than Limbo. Surprisingly, I only played Inside last year. So, like, for me, like, I waited a long time to play it. Um, that ending, man. And it was, <laughs> it was amazing. Like, the, the storytelling going on in the background is just, it's so good. You know, to me, that feels like a a classic kind of horror in a sense, you know, it, it doesn't need to be shoved in your face. It's right there in the background. And it, it was just amazing. 
you know, the, the theme, the setting behind it, everything about it, the message is trying to push. Like, it's just, there's a reason why it's usually listed up there with top indie games in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like that one. And I think back a lot of, like, point-and-click horror games, uh, you know, pre-2000s, right? Like, I Have No Mouth and I'm a Scream, where mm-hmm. the horror of it is the the tribulations that you face as these different characters, right? Either through different traumas that went on in their own life and now they have to deal with it or the situations that they're put in and the questioning of their, you know, their mind. It's a lot of these older games had some really dark ideas that I think worked really well. But because point insane. I'm sorry. Like that, (laughs) the, I have no math and I must scream. Mm -hmm. People haven't heard of that game. It is such an intense concept for a a game, right? Mm -hmm. Like you are the only survivors, but you're stuck alive and you're going to continue to be brought back to life or whatever it was, right? Like you're, you're kept alive to be tortured for all of eternity. That is by like essentially AI, right? Like it's, it's, mm-hmm. it, that is a horrible, like fearful concept for a game. And then, like you said, you have to go into the whole like mental, like dealings with uh, of this con, of this concept in the situation and have conversations with all the other survival, quote unquote survivors <laughs> that are forced to deal with this for all of eternity, basically. So that is God, and for being a point and click, like that's such a bizarre concept. I mean, it, that era, like mid nineties, had so many, like in my opinion, like great ones, like that game Sanitarium's another one that's kind of freaky, mm. uh, more so weird. But uh, you basically, you know, you get in a car accident, you wake up in bandages in a like broken down sanitarium and you start seeing like weird stuff happening. Like the game's weird, but to me it's, I feel like it really captures that like horror atmosphere perfectly with the, um, psychological side to it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, God, there's so many dark seed, which was literally, uh, the HR Geiger game, when you look at it um, yeah. from 92, like that game is literally like it doesn't seem like I, I've watched people play it. Cause I never really, I don't think you, I think you have to run it on an older uh, PC, which I'm too lazy to <laughs> try and get going, but uh, watching it, it was interesting. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's an interesting game, but I feel like it might be too dated in a sense that it's like, I don't know. I feel like there's some rough edges on it, but yeah, there's, you know, and then you have like the kind of cheesy or FMV stuff, you know, you got Harvester, you got, uh, what's it called? I'm, I don't know why I'm thinking Phasmophobia, but no, it's a uh, Phantasmagoria mm. and like 17th hour and stuff like, or seven, is it seventh guest or 11th hour? I forget what, both of those games. Yeah. Um, you know, there was so many good, like, horror games like on the PC and point and click that, you know, that's a genre that might be beloved by a good amount of people, but it's not a genre that appeals to the masses. And a lot of these stories I feel get missed out on because, you know, people just don't want to sit there, click on items, 
drag an item to their inventory and like combine, you know, that kind of stuff. And it's a mm-hmm. shame, you know, cause I think about like what telltale did with the walking dead where it made point and click very engaging. But I feel like if they tried to do that style of point and click with a lot of these old horror games, it would lose the character. And I've thought about it a lot. I'm like, what if people just remade a lot of these classic horror point and clicks into something more modern? And I think that's the problem is that you can't really capture the, the dread and the emotion by making it more modern. And yeah, you could make it a, still a point and click and maybe modernize it where it's a little bit easier. But I'm trying to say like, oh, what if you made it like, you know, an adventure game or like imagine, you know, I have no mouth, but instead of point and click, it's like Silent, Silent Hill or yeah. something. Yeah. Like where you can move around, explore, like it'd be really interesting, but would it really have the same impact? Because I don't know. You, it feels like with a lot of these point and clicks, you're watching something play out. Whereas if it was modernized, it would just feel like you're playing another game. That's true. Um, that, the perfect media for some of those would be actually making a movie out of it. Like actually yeah. seeing a movie of I Have No Mouth would be pretty intense. Like that would mm-hmm. be a truly psychological horror game or movie at least. I like that idea. But yeah, it would be really hard to bring those back or to modernize them, like you said. I think there's something about the the old school graphics, the limited resources that really played up that idea of the horror in those games mm-hmm. that we might lose nowadays. Like, especially with some of these remakes, if, if we do it in that kind of style, a lot of them are staying true to the original game itself, but upping the graphics. And I'm wondering if upping the graphics might take away from the illusion of how terrifying those creatures are. Uh, mm-hmm. Right, because like you, your brain kind of fills in the gaps on some of those older games, where if you do it more hyper realistic, you have the issue of it not transcending time, like we mentioned earlier, or it just looking kind of goofy in the in a real world situation where it just doesn't fit. But when it's more like the blurry, pixelated graphics of the past, it it allows you to you know kind of accept the illusion more and kind of just accept what is going on a little bit better in my opinion. Mm. So that would be kind of interesting there, but you did bring up Geiger and I think that we should probably bring up scorn and some of the other games that he's inspired for sure. Right. Mm -hmm. Like especially now with that game just coming out and it's, it's starting to get a little bit more recognized and things like that. It's been anticipated for quite a while, but it's, Geiger has inspired so much horror across multiple platforms uh, with his artwork, and it's it's fantastic art. It's very disturbing, but everything feels alive and mechanical at the same time. And I think, like, obviously the Alien franchise is huge for that, and they owe so much to Geiger's art. If it wasn't for that, then we wouldn't have that look and feel. And now we have this game Scorn, which is like beat for beat like it looks just like his paintings the sceneries and things like that and it's it's beautiful to look at 
but incredibly disturbing at the same time. Everything feels alive from your like piston style gun to the way you heal with like the little weird jellyfish poppet thing. <laughs> like it's it's very disturbing looking and it just it feels like everything looks squishy, which makes it kind of like disturbing to look at, right? Like it's it's a lot to deal with, but I, I was watching quite a few playthroughs of Scorn recently and I will say that it is kind of a shame that people don't know Geiger. They don't know his name. And everyone that talks about it is like, oh, here's another Alien-inspired video game. It's like, no, <laughs> it's not Alien-inspired. It's Geiger-inspired. It He's the one that Alien was based off, right, and was inspired by. So it's, it would be nice to have um, some, you know, YouTubers or Let's Players kind of do a little bit of homework before they start playing a game as far as being able to give credit to the right people and the right genres or whatever it may be so that was one of the big gripes that i had where i was like yeah it's not alien it's geiger man like <laughs> like give credit where it needs to be given so i don't know but as far as the gameplay it looks cool i know that you played a little bit of it um but it's definitely a title that i want to check out it's interesting um, I remember first seeing the trailer, like teaser trailer for it, uh, when it first came out and I was like, Ooh, I like this style. Mm -hmm. And as more videos came out, I was like, I really like the mixture of Geiger and Biskinski a lot. I'm going to butcher his name, um, because <laughs> I'm still waking up and, uh, you know, it, it's got both of those artists mixed. And to me, I feel like those artists really blend together so well mm -hmm. because to an extent, a lot of their core themes kind of feel the same, right? That weird, fleshy, dark organic machinery. Yeah. Organic. Perfect. Yeah. Um, it, it blends, and that's why I like Scorn. Like it, it captured my attention right away because that's what I like. And it's interesting because I know a lot of people have mixed opinions on Scorn. A lot of people, first of all, thought it was going to be like a shooter or something. Um, that's what the trailers made it feel like. Yeah, they they made it more actiony, which I mean, it's understandable. You know, a lot of people are going to see a walking simulator, and you know, half people's interest will be turned away. Mm-hmm. And I understand that because I get that way too. But with this game, you know, I like it so far. Um, is it, has it captured me to where I just want to hurry up and beat it? No. Um, but I do like the style. I like the puzzles. Like I, I see a lot of people getting mad about the puzzles and yeah, they are kind of complicated, but at the same time, like it's, I feel like I've tried harder puzzles in other games. Like, oddly enough, I feel like uh, The Witness or something was harder puzzle-wise than this, even though they give you hints in The Witness. But I think it's just the fact that everything blends so well, so it's kind of hard to tell what is interactable. Yeah, like the whole egg section like yeah. the first basically the big puzzle like i was confused a little bit at first and then once i realized like oh these need to get moved so that i can go over there like 
then it made sense. But I can totally see why people would get pissed about that because that puzzle took me quite a while to get. I think it took me maybe like 40 minutes to fully like kind of move everything around because that second one was just stupidly difficult to try and make space for. But Mm. it's a cool atmosphere. It's interesting. You know, I, I like how there's different choices you can make for some things like that first little egg dude and um it's the scraping it was yeah um that's what i did i didn't do the arm one um (laughs) it was you know it's an interesting game so far and i dig it i definitely want to finish it you know it's I can see why people are a little bummed by it, but I can also be like, you know, it's it's good at what it's doing, mm-hmm. at least. You know, in those kind of walking simulator games, like, they can be kind of boring. This, at least, has an interesting enough atmosphere that makes me want to keep going. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I really dig it, you know. And uh, I wanted to bring up... <clears throat> Earlier when I talked about, oh, I wish games had it where you just played and you couldn't stop. And I forgot that's already been done. Mm. Uh, The game D uh, came out at the time on everything. 3DO, Saturn, PlayStation, uh, MS-DOS. It is a two-hour long game. Sorry, I don't know why my voice is going out. But kind of FMB a little bit. And you have to beat it in two hours. You cannot save the game. You cannot stop the game. Like you have yeah. to play it through. Um, totally forgot about that. I'm. That's why I was like, I know there's a game where you can't stop. D. Um, it's it's a very like I said, it's a very short game. I highly recommend it because it's just so different. Um, I don't. I wouldn't recommend the sequel that much. I, I never really got too far in it, but. The original, it's just, it's good. It it, it definitely feels like a, a 3D game in 1995, though. Like, you're going to look at it, you're going to play it, and you're like, wow, this is really dated. Wow, the mm-hmm. voice acting is really bad. But you know <laughs> what? It's two hours or less. Give it a chance, right? Like, it's, right. It, for that time, I find it very innovative. Uh, and I think that it's very inspirational to a lot of, the more, you know, like super massive games or like anything that kind of has that style where it's like almost timed horror. Mm -hmm. I think like it was very innovative at the time. And I mean, it is kind of creepy, you know, Uh, you have to look in a hospital for your father and it's, you know, there's a murder going on in there and stuff. It's kind of freaky. Like it's, it has a good atmosphere. I'll put it that way. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think of other times. I mean, other than that, I forgot to mention, you know, like games where you get chased, right? Like Clock Tower. Like, I guess those can be considered timed, but I don't like where you get chased. Um, I think the chasing mechanic is a very interesting one. I, I feel like it kind of takes away from the ability to explore, which is nice. So yeah, those games that have it, they also have a heavy exploration aspect in their games too which i think is really weird and kind of silly to add in those things like if you're gonna have a full like chasing mechanic built into the game where it's a constant threat at all times 
don't make it where like I need to go get these collectibles because <laughs> otherwise it's just going to be frustrating. It's not going to be <clears throat> exciting. It's going to get frustrating really fast. And I think that's where that kind of comes into play, right? Like that, that happens a lot with those games. But I mean, I, I get it, I guess, but it would be nice to just have one or the other. Yeah. I, uh, I do want to do an honorable mention uh, to one of my favorite games. <laughs> and I think that it blends two genres I really adore together perfectly, but uh, Parasite Eve. Ooh, that's you know, the blend one. of yeah. horror and RPG, the music. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, even if you don't want to play the game, just listening to the soundtrack. Like, it's just, uh, you can skip the opera songs. Yes, I know. They're kind of annoying with the singing. But <laughs> uh, the drum and bass stuff and the other electronic sounds, wow. You know, like, it's, to me, it's up there with, like, Wipeout soundtrack or something like that. Like, it's so good. Yeah. And that game is just. Hiker Thunder. <laughs> You know, it's like that game is just amazing. And I'm like, Ugh. yeah. I never really got too far in the sequel, but because I felt like the first one was just too good. But um, yeah. yeah, I love when people blend genres, and I feel like with horror, you can kind of blend genres kind of seamlessly mm -hmm. to an extent. Like it's not hard to add scary moments, I guess. It's not, but I think the most important thing to remember is pacing. Like, mm -hmm. I think that's one of the big problems with some horror games out there that do blend genres, like, especially if it's a JRPG horror game, the pacing is way off, in my opinion, especially with, like, uh, uh, random battle encounters and things like that. It, I feel like that can really take away from the overall pace because you're only given bits of story and lore every couple hours and then in between that you're going through you know countless random encounter encounters where you're just smashing attack to get through it just to get to the next area and i feel like that that could be a, an issue as far as that genre blend but th some people do it right right i mean of course there's omari that is said to have done it perfectly <laughs> mm -hmm. but there's still that that aspect of being taken out of things very easily so it is very pacing is incredibly important in horror games and something to really remember. But we've talked a lot about the spooky games, right? But what about for all of our little trick or treaters out there? All the people who want a Halloween inspired video game, but don't want all the scares and frights, but they just want something fun and lighthearted to play around in. And I think we might as well close out with a lighthearted game this time. Because I feel like every time we do these horror episodes or the Halloween-inspired ones, we focus so heavily on the ones that are going to scare the crap out of you, make you feel on edge, or make you feel uncomfortable after playing it. But what about a good old costume quest? Like, that game is fantastic. It's a fun oh, yeah. little title. It's super great, super cute, super fun. But you play as a trick-or-treater. And what better way of showing off the imagination of a child than having them walk up in a cardboard box and then when you get into a battle sequence, they are that amazing giant mech that has super, like, rocket fists and all that stuff, right? Like, I love that aspect so much where it really brings the imagination of the child to life. And it's such a clever design. I, I absolutely love this game so much. It's so much fun. And a great departure if you're kind of over the whole horror thing. 
if you watch too many horror movies or you play too many horror games and you need a little bit of a break, this is definitely a good one to check out. I think that it's funny. I remember playing this game when it first came out and I was like, oh, this is kind of cute. And I ended up really liking it. And uh, I feel like just everything Double Fine does, I don't want to say it's all good, but when they go for like this kind of like quirky little humor stuff, they, they do it really well. Mm-hmm. You know, I look at Psychonauts and I'm like, Psychonauts is perfect. Right. Mm-hmm. And with Costume Quest, it captures that uh, the Halloween feeling perfectly. And to me, the game is just adorable. You know, the sequel is adorable too. Yeah. And uh, it it's cool. It, it definitely takes a different take on the theme because it's not really horror you know it's just you know halloween and i feel like we don't have that many halloween themed games that are not just trying to scare you and this game is perfect like if there was a kid that wanted to play like a a holiday game this would probably be the series that i'd be like oh yeah you should play this because it's like it's simple it's interesting like you said being able to evolve yourself with your costume that you have on is really cool Mm -hmm. and i love that you have to go trick-or-treating to get candy and it's it's a really enjoyable game and you know it usually is really cheap during sales like right now and uh if you guys are looking for a fun little like turn-based game that gets you in the mood for you know non-spooky halloween good Good this old game fashioned family fun. Yeah, it, it's one of those family fun games that's, you know, enjoyable. It It's not going to be, like, you know, difficult where you have to, like, learn, oh, min-max, all that kind of stuff. Like, no, it's, it's straight to the point, simple, easy. A kid could play it and understand it completely. Like, it's just a good game. You know, I like the quick time events in it, which normally I don't, but the simplicity of it in this game was cool being able to do much more damage with it 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 felt good and uh yeah i i played the i played it all i played it all the dlc the first game and the sequel like it's they all kind of the sequel goes right after the dlc mm-hmm. and the sequel was good too i felt like the sequel expanded a lot more on some gimmicks of the first game and at times i felt like it did kind of drag on a little bit but overall, I I still really enjoyed it. Like, it it would earn a recommendation for me for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Both those games are really great holiday fun games, like you said. So it there's a lot to play out there. There's a lot of different genres, a lot of different areas in which you can explore your horror and celebrate Halloween as it is. You can go down the road of found footage horror games like we mentioned before or if you're in the mood for something to greatly disturb you there's always those psychological horrors waiting for you or if you want to be able to feel like you can fight back and be that action hero then go ahead and play your action horror games or if you want to explore the idea of being alone and isolated and if that's what really scares you 
Well, there's observation for you or titles like that, right? Or even alien isolation. <laughs> it's in the title. <laughs> but like there's that kind of stuff too. Or if you're in the mood for some body horror or some really just disturbing settings, check out Scorn. It's new. It's right there. But if you just want some family fun, you want to just enjoy the season as it is, you're carving pumpkins and you want to get your kids excited for trick-or-treating and really boost their imagination and get them excited about those makeshift costumes that you guys are putting together, check out Costume Quest. Right? There's something for everybody in the Halloween season, which is really, really cool to see and check out. And I think that's what's so great about this time these genres of games is that there really is something for everyone there are rpgs there's actions there's point and clicks there's walking simulators it's really all out there for all varieties of gamers right new gamers old gamers people who've never played something before right there's something for everyone which is pretty amazing but I think with that, that's going to do it for us. So everybody have fun out there this Halloween. Be safe and enjoy yourselves and go have a spooky night. But with that, like I said, we are going to be calling it this week and we will talk to you next week with the next set of games. But until then, bye for now. Thank you.